0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450.
1: Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm here, as always, with... Well, not always, but most of the time. That's with, right, usually. With Haven Harrington. And we're, uh, we're, of course, talking about the week that was and the weekend that is in sports. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff to talk about. We had the unofficial start to spring yesterday. Yeah, Two things happened this weekend that are like the unofficial start of spring. Yesterday, pitchers and catchers report for baseball, which I know you could care less about.
0: I'm trying to. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to become – this year, I've decided I'm going to become a baseball fan. Just for me? Just for you. I'm going to watch baseball. I'm I'm going to let you break it down to me and dissect – games to me so i, I, I kind of understand what's going on and well there we go i mean you
1: know this is our show so we will be talking baseball i don't really you know it's it's gonna happen we're gonna at least a little bit talking baseball not the whole show i, 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 I will that. be there man
0: i'm t- I, I will be there there you go i will be there by midway through the season i'll be able to break down baseball like nobody else can break down baseball
1: and then uh the, the red so the reds report yesterday pitchers and catchers reported and they already got a guy their number one starter, Matt Latos, needed surgery. That was quick. Yeah, it didn't take long at all. Good. <laughs> so Lord. luckily, it was like a like a really easy little arthroscopic knee thing where he just had to get his knee cleaned up a little bit, and he should be back pitching like within two weeks. So I,
0: I believe the University of Louisville had their first baseball game. I'm sure they did. Oh, I yesterday, mean, and they won.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they were showing on uh, Sports Center this morning. You know, Florida State playing too, and Jameis Wilson Winston playing out in the outfield. Jameis Winston, preseason All American in baseball.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: You know, I don't know if people understand that. I mean, he might be a better baseball player than he is football player.
0: Deion Sanders.
1: Deion Sanders. Yeah. I mean, I, in the you know that's the same school. So uh, obviously a guy that's unbelievably athletic and gifted and talented and be interesting to see what he chooses. I wonder where you would choose there. I mean, because you obviously have you probably you might even have a little bit more earning potential. in Base, Baseball.
0: Baseball from a longevity standpoint. Oh yeah. I mean, baseball you'll make a lot more money and you can play forever.
1: Yeah. So Pretty much so. And then the second unofficial start to spring, actually probably is more starting today. Do you know what that is? Uh, snow? No, no, no. <laughs> Although, did you see our, our forecast? We're going to have like temperatures in the 60s.
0: 65 next
1: Saturday. Which is crazy. And then when I was looking at AccuWeather, like for the next six weeks, we've got more temp- times where the temperature's in the 60s than it is in the 30s. So uh, spring might be coming. But speed weeks will start in Daytona. This week. So NASCAR is back. NASCAR and baseball, they come in, unofficial start of spring. Uh Uh-oh. Forget about the groundhog two weeks ago. It's almost time for the Spring is coming. Daytona
0: 500.
1: That's right. And uh, we'd like to just remind you that our show, The Weekend Sports Buzz, is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 587-0041 to reach one of the best personal injury attorneys in the city of Louisville. If you want to join in the conversation, if you want to have a chat with uh, Haven and I, we, we welcome the callers. We love the callers. We want to have you call in on the oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline three uh, eight four fourteen fifty. We got a lot of issues to touch on today. You know, obviously we got a, the college basketball season is kind of winding down. Kentucky and Louisville are kind of in their home stretch. Kentucky's got a somewhat of a big game today. The college game day is in Rupp Arena for the Florida Gators, um, which should be pretty entertaining. Louisville. Um, comes out and gets a win last night. I didn't really get to see any of it. Uh, by the time I checked in, Louisville was already up by 20. and, and That's an encouraging sign to me if I'm a Louisville fan because if they were ever going to have a game where they were going to lay an egg, it would have been yesterday.
0: Well, you know, like Louisville has beaten all the mediocre to bad teams on their schedule. It's just the good teams that, that they struggle with. So once again, for me, it, it was an encouraging win. Uh, Matthew, I think, scored like a ton of points. Uh, Harold had like twenty two points, including
1: a crazy alley oop reverse dunk.
0: Yes, so those guys were just like you know they were kicking on all cylinders. Like Russ was playing well with Chris Jones, cats and dogs were getting together and having fun. <laughs> you know, it was like it was like the perfect marriage of basketball yesterday for your University of Louisville Cardinals. But you know, those things that worries me is like what happens when they play. A Cincinnati or Memphis. I have to see them play a good team. Well, that's going to happen. I mean, that's, yeah, no, they
1: got that stretch of their schedule. I mean, really, if I'm Rick Pitino, I'm I'm pretty pleased because of a couple of things. A, you just had this crazy three week span, twenty three days, where you only had three games, so you got a chance to get a lot of work on in on you know what your uh, deficiencies are. Your team comes out yesterday and they're playing a not so good opponent in Temple. On the road, they get snowed out one night and have to delay the game where the team's just basically sitting around the hotel after a long eight-, nine-day layoff. If you're going to lay an egg, it's going to be yesterday. It, you know, If you're going to see a team not show up, it would have been yesterday.
0: But they were ready, and, and they, they, were and they ready. showed up. But once again, with this Louisville team, it's how how do you play against the better competition on your schedule. Right and right now, Louisville hasn't answered that bell. Louisville plays well for like the first three-fourths of the game, and towards the end... It kind of falls apart.
1: Well, you got the situation now. So Louisville then gets a tournament type weekend where they play yesterday, they get today off, and now they gotta play again tomorrow against another team that's not very good, but still, you know, Rutgers comes into the Yum Center and you get this like get to practice, I guess, like the two games in three days. And then, you know, they'll they'll have to go into uh well, they got a game against USF, but then they've got that stretch to end the season where four of their last five games are gonna be tough. You got at Cincinnati, tough, very tough. They got Temple coming to Yum Center, which should be a blowout scrimmage. But in the last three games at Memphis, when Memphis has already beat you here at SMU, the new Mooney, they redid that stadium, just opened it up a couple weeks ago, and they've been killing teams down there since they opened it up. I mean SMU looking and they're ranked now. They're ranked now. They're looking great. I mean, of course, you can't. You got a great coach like Larry Brown there already, and then ending up with a game against Connecticut.
0: It's not, that would be the stretch that would tell me everything I need to know about the University of Louisville, how good they are. Have they really turned a corner as far as their play? Uh, how how far can he go in a tournament? That four-game stretch will let you know everything that you need to know about U of L. Well,
1: if they go into Cincinnati and get a win and go into Memphis and get a win and go into SMU and get a win, that's three very quality road wins.
0: And that lets the- you know that they have finally – Probably turned the sket. They turned the corner. They got some keys ironed out, and now they're ready. They're really ready for tournament play. But as it stands right now, we're doing a good job of beating the bad teams. Like I said, it's just beating those good teams. I really can't get too high on on, on U of L until I can see them beat a, a, quality, a, a opponent. quality opponent.
1: Yeah, I, and I would agree with that. But so. uh but, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm, if I'm a Louisville fan, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged that they handled the layoff very well, that they can, that they look like they've had some improvement over that time. And I'm encouraged that, you know, you get to have that little uh, two games in three days to kind of what's the tournament kind of kind of feel like, and then you end the season the way you do. It should be pretty strong. I think um, we also got some social issues that we can touch on here. We've got a ton of those. A ton of those. we got two big ones. And I know this happened after our show last week. Um, but I, because of my relationship with the kid, I want to touch on the Marcus Smart situation a little bit. I don't want to beat it to death, but I think I've got a unique perspective. I can't imagine that there's too many other people in the state of Louisville that have actually conversed with Marcus Smart on a number of occasions and like really kind of know the kid, and um, it's really kind of changed my perspective on things. And then, of course, we've got the situation with, uh, was it Michael Sam, the Missouri linebacker, uh, who by all accounts is someone who would Get drafted, um, no matter what, comes out and is now as an openly gay male in the NFL draft, which is you know definitely breaking ground. So we're going to touch on both those things. We're also going to talk at some point in the show with Mario Ureta, um, about the Kentucky Extreme football season, who started off the season uh, last weekend.
0: Yes, with a disappointing uh, loss in Marion. Oh, yeah, and it was. Man, I, I'm going to tell you about that trip up there because it was icy and slick all the way up there accidents all over the expressway it took us forever to get up there had a horrible game we lost 69 to 13 not uh, encouraging not encouraging not encouraging but you know what i believe it was a good loss i think the team learned a lot from that loss uh they were able to make a lot of adjustments during this week in practice and film study so i think we're gonna see a different team play this monday night
1: well it's good because the first home game is this monday night and we're gonna have mario on talk about that we have two tickets to give away we need to figure out how we're going to do it, but we'll we'll work that out over the first break and figure that out. And then we're actually going to go right now. We're going to talk a little bit about local basketball, and we've got a local basketball legend from the state of Kentucky, J. R. Van Hoos is on the line talking about the uh, Kentucky All Stars and the Kentucky Mister Basketball Award Ceremony. Jr., are you there? Yeah, I'm
2: here. What's going
1: on, Gus? Nothing much. Uh, what, tell us a little bit about your involvement with the uh, with the Lions Club and uh, and what's going on with. Uh, Mr. Basketball, War Ceremony, and all that stuff.
2: Well, you, you know, uh, as a former Mr. Basketball, you're always involved and in, in, uh, you know trying to help out as much as you can. And, and uh, you know, we, we we've got some really good candidates this year, and uh, you know they're going to announce the winner on March 18th. Uh, and the Lions Foundation, you know, it's a good cause, and uh, they really need your support. And you know, I just try to do as much as I can to help. Uh, you know, just being a former Mr. Basketball and and uh, try to get the word out and uh, get get some fans out to support these kids in the summer and their classic against Indiana.
1: Yeah, and, and for those that don't follow it, this is going to be one of our best groups of seniors that we've had to go against Indiana in a long time, and we've got a lot of Division One talent uh, out throughout the state of Kentucky this year.
2: Yeah, there, there is a lot. You know, there's a, there's a strong group of candidates, both boys and girls, and uh, you, you know, the uh, as a player, when you uh, look back, you know your your goal was to sweep Indiana, and, and that's always tough to do. I don't, I don't think it's happened uh, very much in in the history of the of the contest. And uh, you know, uh, this year, I mean, who knows? It, it depends on uh, how well the kids play together, and uh, you know what their uh, what their goals are for the summer, and and uh, how hard they're going to work for it.
1: And uh, and real quick, you want to run down and just kind of tell us how the awards. Like can and can people go am I go to the awards banquet for the for Mr. Basketball Mrs. Basketball?
2: Uh well I I think there is a uh I believe there is a banquet. There's a fundraiser. Um there's a reception and silent auction uh at six o'clock on March eighteenth. At seven o'clock there's a VIP dinner. Uh tickets are fifty dollars for that. And then at eight o'clock there's the awards ceremony. Um you can uh actually get your tickets uh online. There's a, a website, Mr. and Miss Kentucky Basketball worldpress.com and uh you know they, they should have some more information uh about ticket prices and, and times and all that stuff too so
1: what was it like i mean I, obviously that's something i haven't experienced but what was it like having your name called out as mr basketball i mean it, growing up in this state knowing how much basketball means to this to this area when you won that award what did it what was it like
2: well you, i mean it, you know it has always been a long time goal you know i uh, you know, I'm kind of a, a student of the history of of basketball in Kentucky, and you know, growing up, especially in Eastern Kentucky, you always hear about names like uh, King Kelly Coleman from Leyland and Richie Farmer, and, of course from Paintsville. You know, you always heard about John Pelfrey, and you know, I got to be close with John as a kid. You know, he was always coming back and doing camps, and, and my high school coach coached him, so he was always around too. And you know, that was just always a goal. And and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't realize, but it's. It, it is an individual award, but it is really based on on how well your team does, and and uh, how many appearances you make in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, you know that that's where you get your exposure at the state tournament. And unfortunately for me, I was able to play in the state tournament four times in a row, and win one as a sophomore, and, and finish a, the runner up my senior year, and and uh, participate in the Final Four as a junior. So, you know, I was down there quite a lot, played a lot of games in the Sweet Sixteen, and and th- and that's really where you get your exposure. Uh, at the Sweet 16, and, and fortunately for me, my team played well, and, and I was able to play well
1: as well. And that's actually we've seen that happen, you know, the last couple of years. Uh, you know, Anthony Hickey a couple of years ago, Christian County has an unbelievable run in the state tournament, uh, wins Mr. Basketball, sets himself up for the scholarship offer to LSU. Uh, Dominique Hawkins last year to kind of set himself apart from everyone else. Um, it's just it's a really special time to go see those kids perform at the state tournament and see who really is going to come around and. and and uh, and take that award. I mean, because that's really what happens. They kind of take that award based off their performance in the state tournament. Um, not that it's only about the state tournament, but I think that's where you kind of start to see the separation.
2: It, it, it is, and you know, I mean, the Sweet 16, especially for Kentucky, it's it's one of the greatest tournaments in the country. Uh, if not the best, uh, you know, every team in Kentucky sets out uh, for the goal of one state title. I mean, there's no classes, and 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 to do that. And and what made it special for me, you know, to do it at Painesville, a small school uh, from Eastern Kentucky, I mean, we, you know, we had probably 300, 350 students, uh, grade 7 through 12, uh, the whole time I was in high school. I mean, so just to be able to do that and play against different people from across the state and and play on the biggest stage was a a great experience, and, you know, I, I don't think some kids may appreciate it as much and uh, while they're doing it, uh, but they will when they get older and look back and, and look at those accomplishments.
1: And, uh, of course, those the people who win Mrs. and miss basketball go on to play in the Kentucky-Indiana Series. And, obviously, uh, I, if, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm involved with the selection process for the Kentucky Derby Festival Basketball Classic, and we also take Mr. Basketball every year to be in uh, in our All-Star game as well. And it's just a great way to celebrate um, the, the local talent that we have around here and it really could. It could be a very special year this year for our local players. Uh, I think Indiana's probably got two of the best players in the country, but as far as depth goes, our depth um, this year is, could be very strong and uh, give Kentucky a good shot to beat the Hoosiers.
2: Well, you know, guys, when you get in that series, it, it really doesn't matter if you're one of the best players in the country or if you're not. Um, you know, that that that's a series that has a lot of history to it. I mean, you just look back and, and think of the people that – have played in it, uh, you know, you know, all the Mr. Basketballs from Kentucky and Indiana. And, you know, I mean, in 1974, Larry Bird, uh, played in it. He wasn't even Indiana's Mr. Basketball. You know, he played in that. And I mean, you just look at the names that, and, and what they've done since that series and in their lives and their professional careers. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just a great event to have. And they've had it, you know, they've had it for so long since I believe the late 1930s, early 1940s. And, and I mean, you know, just, uh, it, it, it's it's history in itself. You know, it's kind of like the Sweet 16. Uh, you always expect in the summertime to to hear about the Kentucky-Indiana All-Star Game, and, and it's just great to be a part of that. And, and I'm really looking forward to this series, like you said. I think, you know, Kentucky does have a lot of depth, and, and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully they can sweep this year. You know, we've been saying that for the last few years, but hopefully they can do it this year.
1: Well, Jr., I really appreciate you coming on this morning, and uh, we'll make sure to keep the, getting the word out about uh, the awards banquet and the, and the series, and hopefully we can have you back on. As we get closer to the games.
2: Yeah, that. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank
1: All right. You so much. Thank you very much. All right, special thanks to J.R. Van Houston and we will be right back on the Weekend Sports Bus. Give
2: it away, give it away, give it away. Now. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Port Lincoln Buzz Line at 384
1: 1450. Alright, welcome back here. Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Gandalf, Haven Harrington, talking about sports. Talking real quick, uh, you know, we're going to get into the market smart thing here a little bit, but we got to remind you that to download our app and listen to the sports buzz in crystal clear digital quality, search 1450 the sports buzz in the iTunes App Store or Android Market powered by Insuramax. Call Chad or Alan Hennessy at 479 4085 for all of your home, auto, and life needs. So I can kind of tease the last segment that I want to talk a little bit about the market smart thing. Not that it has, I mean, it has been beaten to death. Oh, but just uh, a little
0: bit. Oh, just a little bit.
1: But at the same time, I'm kind of, uh, the way, I feel like the way it's kind of come out has been uh, very interesting the entire way through. I think, uh, Well, so anyway, when it first happened, um, like I said, I know Marcus, um, and Marcus came to our event um, and really put on a show. I mean, he won the dunk contest, um, he was just, he was unbelievable, and I was always telling people, though, no matter how good of an athlete that kid is, he is an even better person, and, he, and that's the honest guy truth. I was, I was leaving that weekend, said Marcus, if my son grows up to be just like you, I'll consider myself very fortunate because it was yes sir, no sir, very, very polite, really appreciated and enjoy the experience. I mean, this is one of the top five players in the country. He's in for the Derby Classic and was just um, really enjoying his whole time there, and we had his high school coach in there with him. And Phil Forte, the sharpshooter that's at Oklahoma State, was there with him as well. And um, just I, I couldn't have been more impressed with it, with Marcus Smart. So, needless to say, um, I was very disappointed. Even a couple weeks ago, when he kind of lost, he got a little frustrated and kind of kicked over a chair. And I was like, "This, that's not him. It doesn't seem like that's him." And then you get a situation where he is uh, late in the game. A close game, on the road, hostile environment, against the fighting Tubby Smiths. And he's got a, a, a chance to – <coughs> the, the other team's got a breakaway layup, and he's got to commit a foul. He fouls the kid hard. It wasn't a dirty foul, but it was Not a hard really. foul. It was,
0: it was a good foul.
1: And he um, he rolls out of bounds, and obviously something was said, which now seems like it. from all reports it wasn't as bad as what people originally thought it was. And he takes a step into the stands and gives the guy – A friendly show. It was a sh- – yes. The guy – Marcus – listen, if Marcus wanted to knock the guy down –
0: <laughs> He guy, would have knocked him down. Yeah,
1: because the guy is built like a freaking linebacker. I mean, he's he huge. Is, he is ginormous. You know, he's not tall. He's 6'3 or whatever and 6'4. But uh, he's long. But he is he's muscular. Like, I mean, he looks like a I'm, – I'm, this guy comes into the Derby Classic. I'm like, how is this kid out of Texas and not playing football? Because he is like – Thick neck, you know, if the guy, if Marcus wanted to lay the guy out, he would have been laid out. But he gave him a little push and kind of knocked the guy out of bounds, but the, like I said, the guy didn't even fall down. Still not okay. You know, it's not okay ever to take that step into the stance. You had to have more self-control than that, without a doubt. And I, I was shocked, and then I was, I'm watching it with my, my little girl, who's always the ball kid the Derby Classic, who also knows these guys and idolizes these guys and um. Uh, and so it, it affected her i mean it, she was really upset she's like why well, would he do something like that and all that kind of stuff and so the, the whole standpoint of uh, from from me is i've always been, whenever something like that's happened in the past i've always been probably one of those guys that to quickly too quickly judge those guys and label them kind of the punk
0: yeah the, the thug element
1: right and for the first time a guy does this that i know for an absolute fact is the furthest thing from a punk that there is. Might be frustrated. It might be going through a rough stretch, but he's definitely not a punk, and he just let his emotions kind of get out to him. Doesn't excuse what he did, but I know that the guy's not a punk. And it's kind of weird how it's played out because. Um, he made his apology he, like, like he's supposed to. He made his apology. His apology was, was was gracious and fine, and the other guy, you know, he got his three game suspension, which I think was the absolute right thing to do. It wasn't overreacting, it wasn't underreacting. The other guy kind of gave up his tickets for the year and admitted that he did something wrong. The guy who came out looking terrible throughout this whole thing was Travis Ford. I mean, Travis Ford is getting lambasted based it just uh, on how he handled the entire situation with the non-denial, denial type of well, you know. Well, it was you do th- it was him not pulling Marcus off the floor right off the bat. You know, with the other, the other players pulled him off Then assistant coaches, came right, But to they, talk to him, even him when he gets to the bench, just say go back to the locker room. Go back to the locker room, get out of here. I mean, you're on the road. That handshake happens, and Texas Tech just gets a big win. You know, Marcus is in danger at that point. You know, I don't care what anybody says. I mean, some other crazy fan comes out there, and you just want to get Marcus out of there. How he handled the press conference afterwards, saying, "I don't know really what happened," instead of taking ownership, like. Uh, someone brought up the point that Mick, how Mick Cronin handled the deal with Xavier. You know, this is not how we're going to act at Xavier or at Cincinnati. You know, we're not going to have this kind of behavior here, at Cincinnati. Blah 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 blah. And was really kind of upfront. Travis didn't do any of that stuff. And and I, you know he's he's taking a lot of heat just off based off how he's handled the situation. Um, the one thing it made me do is sometimes I hear through the grapevine. That kids that we might want to bring to the Derby Classic might have some sort of attitude problems or adjustments. And it's made me think about A, the source that I'm hearing that from, mm-hmm. and B, trying to figure out if there's a way for me to really feel if that's the way this kid really is. Instead of just quickly judging a book really
0: fast, you know, trying to really get more information on what that is. Well, you know, it's like, you know, Marcus Smart probably better than anybody in the state of Kentucky. Maybe, yeah. I would That's not say. a
1: stretch, I guess. But you know. no,
0: it's not. It's not much of a stretch, considering he's from Texas and plays in Texas. So it's not. It's not too much of a stretch. Um, and I don't think he was ever really recruited by either one of the two schools here. So no, he wasn't. So the the question I have is: Do you think that something else may have been said, or he may have heard him say something else for him to react that way? Because I'm sure he gets heckled by fans all the time. From high school to college, I'm sure they know they're always heckling him, come out of his name and things of that nature. Do you think that guy may have said something a little bit harsher? Well, and that's another good point that I think people
1: uh, brought up, that he's played at places where there's notoriously bad fans. You know,
0: West Virginia, Memphis. Oh, you can stop West Virginia. Yeah. You can stop West
1: Virginia. And we've never seen him unleashed to this way at any other things. I think it was a perfect storm. The four-game okay, losing streak, him being frustrated, him being totally frustrated with where he was. He came back to win a national title and believe they had the pieces to win a national title, and they do. I mean, they are every at the first four positions. They're very strong. I, mean, I would love to see an Oklahoma State loyal matchup because of how how they match up. You know, with not a great post presence, but the other four positions, you know, there is a ton of just good, really strong, good players. I think that would be an unbelievable matchup to watch those two teams go at it. Um, but he's got the frustration of the four-game win streak. He came back to to win a title, and it's looking like that's not going to really happen. Um, it could, but more than likely it's not. Uh, the, the, the emotions of being in a close game, I don't care who you are. I mean, when you're in a close conference battle game and, and in that environment where it's that loud, your adrenaline's up a little bit. And then I, he had to have heard something else. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question that he heard something else besides your crap. I can't imagine yeah, that your crap would have sent him off.
0: No, I, I, my thinking is and from talking to you about Marcus, I would have to say well, it would have to be something else. It would have to be cuz I just don't see him reacting that way off of your crap. Hey, and I I I just don't he had to hear so maybe maybe somebody else said something and he just pointed, you know, it sound like it came from the guy who who he shoved or and and that's not excusing the shove either. You know, if he says something else, but you know These are our kids. These well, there are... was a microphone down there. I mean, did you see that
1: replay? I mean, they they showed a replay, and you, the only thing you can hear down there is your crap. So even trying to understand like what he could have heard or how he interpreted that, I don't even understand how it is. And and then of course, as soon as that happens, there's a racist guy in Texas picking on the young black guy. You know, <laughs> and you know, which made me feel for like you know how was this whole thing for Tubby? You know, I mean. Obviously, this guy is being portrayed as a super fan, so it means he's a booster, right? I mean, he's, he's a very big booster. He's contributing to, the, and which means he's probably knows Tubby. We could tell by his seats that he's contributing because he's like right on the floor, right? And so he probably has a, some sort of personal relationship with Tubby. I mean, I wonder how that whole part of that weighed on a guy like Tubby Smith, who you know still. I would say considered a groundbreaking kind of coach as far as African-American coaches in, in basketball. Not even just college basketball, but all basketball. I mean, when he became the head coach at Kentucky, with all the race implications that were there before, I mean, that's a big deal to be the first black coach at Kentucky. There weren't that many black coaches in the NBA.
0: True. So, Or college basketball in general. So,
1: No, I think it was he like number three? Yeah. I mean, something like that. Leonard Hamilton maybe was already a head coach at that point and. Uh, but there it wasn't. There wasn't a ton. So, um, you know, he was. I don't know. It's, it, there's a lot of layers to that whole situation
0: over just that one shove. Well, you know it, it also ties into, and I can see how the national narrative really kind of took off after that, because you know you have everything that happened with Charlie Strong when he became head coach of uh, of Texas. Texas, yep. You know, with all the shirts with uh, his face on there. I, I believe one was. Uh, the new black is brown and that Charlie's face on, on the T-shirts, which they pulled, I think, like the next day. And the comments by him being that he's, he's not the hip-hop coach from the Dallas Morning News to Red McCombs, a multi-billionaire, saying, well, you know, I, th- I think he'll make a good uh, position coach. Right. he make a good position coach, but I'm not sure about his head coach uh, quality, you know, comment. So you know, he had, <laughs> <laughs> when he's gone to you know BCS bowls and all other stuff. Yeah, so you know he had, he had that whole undercurrent in Texas, and this is kind of just adds to it of a year of of racial undercurrent, you know, kind of floating around at that whole state, and and the push and everything. Happened with Marcus Smart, you know. the The one, the one thing I hope that happens is a one to three game suspension goes smoothly. He comes back, they start to win again, make a good run for the tournament. But most importantly, this doesn't hurt his draft stock. And I don't think that does. I, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's not going to get drafted
1: as high as he would have if he would have came out last year. You know, not to say that he hasn't shown tremendous ability and talent, but, you know, you're competing against which now is the big four with Randall, Wiggins, Jabari, and, and Bede. And, um, but he's probably the first non-freshman taken.
0: I still think that's probably the case. It should be the case because he he's proven that he can play. It's like Kimba uh, Kimba Walker for UConn, obviously the best point guard in the country. When he came out, obviously the best point guard. He may have been the shortest guy there, but he was easily the best point guard. And he failed quite a bit before he was finally drafted. I think went to like eighth or ninth before he finally got picked up. I just don't. But that was more because of his size. Yeah, it was more of his size. But you know, if people you can, didn't know if he was gonna if he was gonna really be an NBA player. You know. Yeah. But by the, but if you can ball, you can ball. And and right now in, in the league he showed that he may be short. Under Armored Guy, by the way. There you go. <laughs> but he can still ball. He can ball. He definitely can. But I mean that's that's the whole knock on,
1: you know, on Russ Smith. I mean that's Russ Smith's not a first round draft pick, no matter how good of a
0: season he has. Which is why Russ Smith came back. 'Cause Because I, I honestly think Russ knew and knows he's not gonna be a first round pick. He's gonna struggle to make a team. He's going to be bounced around to the D-League, and most likely he's going to end up in Europe. But if
1: he gets the right opportunity, he, he most likely, he can have some staying power. If he, But it's got to be the
0: absolute perfect situation for him to be in. He'll be a great role player. He'll be a great guy to come off the bench to give you that spark. Uh, like the point guard for uh, Chicago, who they just traded last year, Nate Robinson. Yep. You know, short guy, very short, but he gives you that spark off the bench. But see, here's the other thing with that, and we're getting off topic, but... You're mentioning
1: two guys that are point guards. Yeah, and there's very little chance of Russ being a point guard. He's not. DA. Yeah, he, he's 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 a two guard through and through. And sh- there's not many short two guards that can make it. No. And I mean, you got to be able to guard that other person. So I, I I just don't know. I mean, I think the length is going to really kind of bother him, unless he can make the transition to point guard. And
0: there's just a, it's really not likely. So hence he came back. Hence, yeah, because. <laughs> It just made the most sense. He come back. He can be a big shot. He can enjoy being rusticulous and being a town that loves him with around fans to love him. And you know,
1: maybe graduate as one of the most decorated players this school's ever had, Louisville's ever had. And uh, I mean, if they figure out a way to make a Final Four run, which I think is highly unlikely because of their lack of size. Uh, not that they're not a great team; they are, but they're just missing those that piece. Uh, that if they play a team with length, they're going to struggle. Um. You know, if if they made a final four, I mean he's gotta go down as I mean one of the greatest. You got the big five jerseys, is that what they got? Yeah. You got
0: you he's gotta be up there. He has to be up there, doesn't he? he right next to Angel McCarty, probably the, the greatest basketball player, either men or women ever come through the versus. Russ? Over, so that's what no,
1: Angel. Oh Angel. Angel. But where do you place him as far as when you compare him to Griff, Unsold, Purvis, and Charlie Tyree? I
0: would say he'll be. How about, like, how about me knowing my Louisville basketball history? There, with you know, I'm, I'm, knowing I'm the. I'm proud of that. you, man. I'm proud of you. I, I would say he's fifth of the four guys we named. He he would be fifth because those guys were just. I mean, on a, on a, Russ is good. Russ is Russ is a good player, bordering on a great player. But those four guys we named were great. I mean, West players. Wes Unseld and Charlie Tyre are two of the best rebounders ever. ever to play any level in the history of basketball. Yeah. And then Dr. Duncan Stein. I mean, right. what can you say? I mean, he's just Dr. Duncan Stein. He controlled whole games. It's just that, you know, Russ hasn't quite got that level. You know, I will put, like, Angel McCarty up there as well as maybe even above. And Louisville fans, hey, hey, when I say this, better than Daryl. If Louisville women make the Final Four, it's Shoney up there. Shoney should be up there. She is
1: balling out of control. So, I just love her attitude. I, I, I love watching her play. I can't, I mean, it's unreal. So, all right, but go on to Marcus Martin. and then we got to get to our break. Uh, Mark, the three game suspension, they lost to Texas. They play Oklahoma today. That's not an easy game, even though that's at home. That's the big rivalry. And then he's going to miss the game at Baylor. And they can continue to lose. They're in danger of making the tournament. They are. And so they've got to really kind of pull this out. And, and then when he comes back, they've got his first game back off the three game suspension. Texas Tech is his first game back.
0: Awesome, yeah. I think that's gonna be (laughs) Telabast. Oh, just a little bit. But you know what? I Honestly, think when he comes back, I think you're gonna see a renewed Marcus Smart. I don't see a guy who's gonna be focused on turning the season around, making the tournament, and making as much noise as possible. And he's gonna be, and he will look to beat the snot out of Texas Tech. All right, we gotta take our
1: break we'll be right back on the weekend sports bus get that check for me. just your check for me.
3: was in the skating for the gold. He did two cows and a triple F's while wearing Brian was in the Alps fighting Grizzly bears. He used his magical fire breath save the maiden so <laughs> welcome
1: back the sure weekend sports buzz what would well, Brian Boitano do is our I'm perfect Olympic lead in awesome. our, Oli- our Olympic update right now we're sitting here watching the Americans take on the Russians in hockey uh, 1980 redux yes I mean that when you think about it I mean, and that was of course on American soil right that was Lake Placid yes and so uh, this one being on Russian soil in and
0: beautiful Sochi, sixty-three
1: degrees. Sochi, I know. So you know this Olympics, I, I I can't get into it. I just, I mean, we're number two in the medal count right now, one goal behind Russia, and I cannot get into this Olympics at all. I, I don't know why. I usually do. I usually just really enjoy watching the highest level perform, um, you know. But maybe now that hockey's on, I'll, I'll watch a little bit more because I do like watching Olympic hockey. we
0: well, you know, I, I think the problem is it's like a bunch of sports. You will never even see or hear about until the big start. That's not that much different than the summer games. Well, the summer games is different because, like, the big the big thing about the summer games, you have track and field. And there's, like, a lead up. You have the pin relays. You have a couple other track meets that kind of but lead up. But you're also kind of a track guy. I'm a very I'm a very big track guy. So, I mean, the average person does not watch the pin relays. No, they don't. But what they do watch are the, are the big superstars because recognize the name. Right. Usain Bolt. Tyson I mean, Gay. Tyson Gay. That, yeah. You know, you, you just have those big superstar names. And a win Olympics, yes, you have. Uh, Brian Botano? No. Yes, yeah, Brian Botano. <laughs> no, no, you
1: got, um, you know, as far as our Olympics, yeah, Sean, you got White. Sean White. Yeah. yeah. And then, and but beyond that, I mean, there's not. There's yeah. one other guy I know that they were talking about how his Olympic, and I couldn't even remember who it is. I can't remember who his name is. We but, it's, have, but we is don't it? have that typical skater that we can follow. Yeah. You know, I know that they're trying to get everybody behind uh, the, the last girl's last name is Gold. I can't remember what her first name is. Uh, but. You know, there is not there is not that one person. The superstar. Besides the flying
0: tomato that we can really get behind. There you go. It's it's not the superstar. In you know, summer games, you have the superstar. You have the world's fastest man, Usain Bolt. Everybody wants to watch one. You have the basketball. You have the basketball. You have the dream team. You have, like, superstars on superstars on superstars. The Winter Olympics, you have, like, cross-country skiing superstars who aren't even on, like, ESPN Ocho. <laughs> Right after dodgeball championships.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well I mean um I, I still though I usually just enjoy watching people perform at the highest level. I think um uh, I just I don't know. I can't get into it. I did enjoy watching a little bit of the skeleton last night, which is just seems absolutely crazy and insane to me to even ever do and or attempt. You know what I'm talking about? It's like it's almost like the luge. It's one person on a freaking platform yes. sled. Yeah. And they're face first on their belly going down, they can only steer with their head and shoulders. And they're going, you know, seventy, eighty miles an hour down this chute. I mean and you have nothing in between your face and the ice if you screw up. Nothing. It well, just seems nuts to me. Well you no, know, like
0: like a couple of things I will watch would be like Lolo Jones and the Bobsledding. Uh maybe cause she's track and you know, she's in the bobsledding. I will watch the Jamaican Bobsledding team. Absolutely. Because they qualified again this year. So I watched Jamaican Bobsledders, I watched Lolo Jones. I, my daughter may have me watched a little figure skating, which I, th- I it's that's winding down, I think. Yeah, and so I don't know. So it's just it is. I, I think, just missed it. I I have watched a couple of hockey games. I watched uh, Slovenia yesterday. There you go. Um, you I know just, where Slovenia is? Yes. Okay, because I couldn't tell you where Slovenia. Yes, I mean, it's, I'm guessing it's so, Eastern Europe. Yes, so it's someplace in Eastern Europe, and it's all it's like one vowel and like all consonants and the letters. So, uh, <laughs> brilliant,
1: brilliant. Um, Production job on NBC right here. Two minutes left to go in the American-Russian hockey game, which you know, if there's one event that people are going to care about in the Olympics, they just broke away to show uh, clips of the of a women's hockey game. I
0: think I think it was Canada, Canada and Russia, yes, so, winning. I think Canada won that. Uh,
1: but I mean, how a story is, match. I don't understand how this American-Russian game is not on full bore. So, all right, someone who's on the line right now who I know will want to weigh in on the start of Speed Weeks. Carolina Steve is there. Carolina, how's it going? The a great one himself.
4: Yeah, I want to tell you, though, there's one event that I love to watch in the Winter Olympics because it has a NASCAR tie-in. Okay. Which is the bobsled. The bobsled that we are running now and won gold in the last Olympics was designed by former Daytona 500 champ. Jeffrey Bodine.
1: Really? I did not know that. That's, that's
0: pretty cool. That's very cool.
4: Yeah, he, he, he's from up in the New England area, and he got tired of seeing us have to use cast-off uh, bobsleds from other countries and everything, so him and a couple other guys used NASCAR technology, and they actually won a gold medal last Olympics using the
1: Bodine bobsled. The Bodine
4: bobsled. It's got a good ring to it. It does. <laughs> we got uh, And I noticed that there's a guy from southern Indiana who is going to be the brake man on the bobsled this year. So I don't don't remember his name. Well, don't we have a guy from Kentucky?
1: The guy from Oldham County, I think, is on the bobsled team, if I'm not mistaken, too.
4: Yeah, that's what, uh, the reason to watch it. And I like to watch that. Uh, you know, it's just as a, but we do start speed week tonight. And oh, let me tell you, I have been so, so waiting since November at Homestead for this to happen. Uh, last night, I got my fill out of watching uh, the practice for the uh, sprint experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was fastest in the first uh, practice. And second practice, it was uh, Denny Hamlin. So, so is, uh,
1: is that what it's called tonight? It's not the Budweiser shootout anymore. It's now the sprint experience.
4: It's, uh, it's the old uh, Budweiser, Budweiser, shootout. Budweiser shootout. Right. Yep. You, know, you had to have won a pole or have won this race. Right. And uh, there's, I think, 17 it. One thing that I didn't see, Jimmy Johnson did not practice at all yesterday. Really? Oh,
1: that's, uh, that's interesting. That's big. Yeah,
4: so it's going to be, it's going to be, and by the way, fans can help pick the format for the race tonight. Really? Tell us about that. Yeah, I have, I have the split uh, cell phone with, uh, the NASCAR app on it. I can vote who's going to get the pole, how many laps they're going to run and in what order, and I'm also with, uh... Get to vote how they're going to start the last segment. So that's, uh, I've already voted on a couple of them and I'm waiting uh, on the other ones. I voted for a 10 lap shootout at the end, which uh, I think will be good to go win it in different segments. (laughs) And I voted for the uh, fastest band in practice to win the poll. And who's that? That was Benny Hamlin, All and right. I voted before I even knew Hamlin was going to be the fastest man.
0: There you go. That's talent
1: I right just, there. That's a NASCAR just, I just talent. Be- I like, my favorite part of three weeks is the duels. I love the duels.
4: Okay, that's going to be on at night this year. Oh, cool. Well, uh, I believe it's Thursday night, and it's going to be on Fox Sports 1 if you can get that.
1: So basically, if you do not familiar with what happens in Daytona 500, they do regular qualifying like anywhere else, but they're only doing the qualifying for the first row. Is that right, John? That correct. That's correct. It's only for the first position, is- second position, and then the duels determine the rest of the order of the
0: field. Awesome. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. some of uh, the dome yeah. there, two men enter, one man
4: leave. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, now, I like it. Uh, I like the duels. I like the way they're doing the qualifying. By the way, qualifying will be on the bar for the, for the pole and the outside pole. And, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great the way that they do these things. And, uh, this will be the only time this year in NASCAR where they do the qualifying one at a time. After this race, they start going to what they call knockout qualifying. Okay. Where, uh, where they do it in so many segments. Everybody starts, then it goes to, I believe, 24. Then they run, then uh, twelve are knocked out, and then it goes to the final twelve. So those three segments. And here's the cool thing, they can't change tires.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's because that, that's real racing then. So
4: Yeah, and it's gonna be good. Uh also my my thunder's getting ready to go up because it's gonna be a number back on the track this year that's been missing for about thirteen or fourteen years. Three's on the track? Earnhardt's number, number three, is being driven by Richard Childress' grandson, Austin Dillon.
0: All right, there you go, man. The number three
1: is back. The three is back. Three with the halo. Hey, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, we'll talk. You call in next week, Carolina, and then I'll make my pick and who's gonna win. Uh, who's gonna win the Daytona 500? But I want to make sure that we get it. one thing. I want to touch on before you get off. What's been going on with Danica Patrick and Richard Petty?
4: Oh, it's just something you... Remember last year when Kyle made some comments about Danica?
1: Uh, vaguely.
4: Okay, this thing. The same thing. I was listening. Do you know who Janet Jeffrey was? No. She was the first woman ever to compete in the Daytona 500 and she finished the highest. Oh, well, she didn't. Danica broke back uh, last year and right. finished the highest. But... Uh, she was actually the only uh besides Danica, the only woman that has ever qualified for Indianapolis and Daytona. That's
1: that's, that's impressive. Yeah, it's impressive.
4: She was the first one. And her Penny had some harsh words back then about her. Now uh personally I think as long as Danica can get out there and run, that's fine. Yep. Yes, she does have an advantage because GoDaddy's backing her. Right. And everything. But uh I look at the different things. Did you know in the very first year, 1949, there were actually women who were running in NASCAR?
1: I did not know that. There you go. Man, Yeah, i a steep. I'll, I'll you I'll all be,
4: notch. I'll feed y'all in on some more little stuff next week. But uh, it's going to be good. I'll be watching it tonight. Y'all can watch the slam dunk. I want to watch my uh, – since Austin's not in this one, I want to watch – Kyle Bush win this one. Y'all have a good day. See you, Carolina. Have a good one, Carolina.
1: Carolina brought up the uh, NBA All Star Weekend, the Kentucky Showcase Weekend, actually, because there's Kentucky players throughout the whole thing. Uh, with John Wall is in the slam dunk contest tonight. Really? Yeah, should be good. I think John Wall's got a legit chance, Now, he's going. You know, no, he doesn't. You don't think so? No, he man, doesn't. he can high fly. He can. He can. He can. He can I think little guys. I mean, he's not like little, little, but.
0: He, smaller guys, smaller guys have an advantage. Yes, because it looks so much better when they jump. But oh, nobody, yeah. no small guy would ever beat Spud Webb's three sixty oh, dunk no. from the free throw line. Yeah, the dunk contest back in the day was was awesome because back in the day you had like legitimate all stars, Dominique and yeah. Dominique and Jordan going at it. And yeah, you know, Kenny you, Walker. Yeah, and, and, the, the, the guys nowadays are too soft. LeBron is afraid. going to see his hairline or something. I don't know. You know, he's <laughs> the guy. The guy's terrified that he that he may not show up. Dwayne Wade can't dunk anymore, so you know now you have like all your, your big superstars. Now they're scared. I don't want to look bad. It's gonna hurt my shoe contract. Uh, no, yeah. you man up. Go out there and dunk. Yeah, grow a pair. You know what, Derek Rose, you're not doing anything. Okay, <laughs> you're not, not. Derek Rose. Derek Rose. I don't he, know if
1: Derek Rose would have a chance when one the dunk contests.
0: He can't jump anymore. No, another guy who does. I'm hurt. I'm not feeling like like it today. Dwight Howard,
1: I guess, really the last bona fide superstar. Now, at the same uh, time, I'm curious to watch tonight the kid from Portland, the Lillard kid, because he's competing in like everything. So he's got a chance to win. I, I could see him pulling off the three-point contest and possibly pulling off the dunk contest. That'd be awesome. And that you know, if one guy's going to do it, it's him. This is this kid is a really bona fide superstar that no one really knows anything about because he's in Portland. He's in Portland.
0: Well, you know. I and mean, Poland hasn't been the same since Clyde Drexler
1: played there right All right we're up against that break The truth is on the line. We're going to have to catch him on the other side of the hour break and we will get uh, we'll be right back on the weekend sports bus today. I'm sure he'd
3: kick an ass or two. That's what my do I want this feature out of me It has stunted my vocabulary.
0: You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor
1: Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, welcome back. Hour two, Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Also want to remind you to tune in to Ion 21 at 11 p.m. on Sunday night for the Sunday Sports Buzz. Join host Greg Brom for your choice of your I'm sorry. Yes, for your cho- first chance to recap all the weekend sports action. And uh, we got a caller right now that I'm sure wants to recap the the last couple of days in IU basketball, uh, which has not been very pleasant. Truth, how's it going, my man?
5: Hey, hold on, hold on. Hold your horses. I knew you were going to try to hit a home run as soon as I come on the air. <laughs> <laughs> first, hey, I, I want to. I'm struggling right there with I, you. I
1: want to see these guys do well. And, you know, to see Hunter get arrested, you know, and that that's a kid that I know too. And. I mean, losing the
5: first time. I, I first time I, I found that out.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's uh, a DUI. Well, you,
5: you know, uh, we would we will dress that and we would handle that. See, because I, you know, we're not going to have that problem that they have on a, a, a or whatever that street at where the Jimmy and when well, <laughs> them <laughs> hang out there. We don't have that problem at year. We will dress that. And uh, first thing I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's, Lady Valentines, and husbands wife, and wife. Did you have a big Valentine's Day? I had a great Valentine. Miss Truth showed out like she always do. <laughs> oh, good deal, good deal. <laughs> all right, Truth. hey, but let's let, let's get down to this. in the first place. Let me. Uh, I'm pulling all the uh, player haters, cause who's supposed to be Indiana Hoosier fan? No longer you're not invited to the Assembly Hall because. Don't be cheer for us when we win the Big Ten. Then we having a down season this year. You want to pull uh, Tom Crean, uh, far Tom Cream. You know I've been hearing a lot of crap about that, but I want to let y'all know I'm a full supporter of Tom Crean. Tom Crean is not going nowhere. To the truth, said, till I get tired of him. truth like Tom Crean. He's doing a great job. Yes, we got a guy got a DUI. It will be deal with because. We won't – he'll be kicked off the team. We won't put up with it. And y'all know that's right. Tom Curry don't put up with crap like that. If you if you want to – you think he's playing, ask the people when he first came there. He kicked about six players off the team. So I did. He we cleaned the house. Him. Yeah, so I, I, I don't worry about that. He got a drinking problem. I'm going to put him in AA tomorrow. Now, the problem is is that,
1: you know, I think they really needed a guy like Hunter to step up because Hunter can – can fill some of those big man minutes, especially when Noah leaves this year. They need Hunter to step up and kind of be the guy that takes the takes control of the at least the four spot. And uh, the, my biggest concern right now with IU basketball, and I agree with you as far as like Tom Crean should be back and that he's a uh, he's a good coach. is just the roster management from year to year and not being able to fill their holes uh, would be my biggest concern as an IU fan. You know. Here's the
5: Here's the big things I, I'm not worried about Tom creek
3: Okay.
5: I here's just one thing I like about Tom Creek. He can if the players begin to stop getting uh, play. I'm going to be straighter. Most we only got two guys on Indiana basketball team who can dribble the ball, and we got players can beat people to the rack. They get finished. That becomes where I say that if that AAU basketball one on one, I can dunk all you. And, and and when you play high school basketball, most people can't dribble, and and only can go one way. But then when you get in college, you get disposed. But one thing I like about Tom Crean, his records speak to itself. When he was in Marquette, he can develop players and make them first round in the NBA. I don't worry about that. The key is Indiana is that we need to lock down. The state of Indiana keep uh, get every year get at least three good ball players from the Indiana whose fundamental can play, and you look at the in the Big Ten most of the guys who play in the Big Ten they are fundamental uh, better than some of the guys coming out of uh, other high school out of Florida and other places.
1: And a lot of them are That's, from the state of Indiana. I mean, like Gary yeah. Harris playing at Michigan yeah. State probably gonna be the conference player of the year, and you know Brandon Dawson
5: when he before he got hurt and. Yeah, um, so that's that's what I'm looking at. I'm 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 gonna lock my borders down. Uh, I'm lock my borders down. So I'm and they're not uh, the uh, 2015 class. We got a whip coming in. So the young kids is coming, but it's the ones that are right now. Because uh, I tell everybody now, you better get me now because you won't get me next year because I got some three pointer shooting. And I tell you, somebody I'm thinking about who should not go to pro is Lake. Devon not ready for pro.
1: Man, he's going to be a top-ten pick, Truth. I mean, I don't think
5: there's any way that he, he going to go. come back. Well, here's what I'm looking at. If he can come back one year, he could be the lottery first pick in the NBA. Because, you know, I'm looking at – here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the decisions he's made on the court about throwing the ball away. And he, I know he's still a baby because, really, if he was in high school right now, he would be in the, one of the top high school players in the country, probably be the number one high school player there. A lot of people don't know he graduated early. He
1: did graduate oh. early. And I think, uh, I think if he – I think he might be better off because of the type of player that he is. If he goes to the 7th or 8th pick in the draft this year, that means he's on a team that could possibly make the playoffs the next year, and he might not be called on to be the man. Whereas if he's the 1st or 2nd pick... He's probably called on to be the man. It's probably not going to suit him very well. Mm-hmm. And as far as what sets him up, the best way to get that second contract, because that's what it's all about, is getting that second contract. Yeah, yeah. I think going this year and going seventh or eighth would probably be a better spot for him. I, that's
0: mm-hmm. my opinion. Guaranteed. Well, first three years, and then hopefully yeah. the three after that.
5: What? Well, truth. I got another question. There. Have you heard anything else on or uh, Anything?
0: No, I know
1: they still. I mean, like they have to get a big man, so they're still kind of. Floating out there for a big man, I got, you know, I got my IU sources on speed dial so that I can, because uh, if we have to adjust our roster, if they bring in another big man, then we have to, you know, that's obviously something we got to do.
5: Oh, uh, what about, you heard anything else on Jaquan We It's been quiet here in Evansville. It's been right. quiet.
1: I mean, IU's definitely out of the picture is all I've, all uh, I've for sure oh, know. Yeah. Uh,
5: well, let me, and I'm going to give one more shout out. How about the Indiana football by football Hoosiers? They outcruit Louisville Cardinals. Supposed to be the greatest team uh, since Slice <laughs> Bread.
1: They did, and they got a new defensive coordinator, so they had to watch out and blue. And then they got that baseball team. The baseball
5: team got their first win over Texas Tech. There oh, you well, go. Dude, yeah, yeah, I like you. surprised. We got the best. The next, the next the Derek Jeter play for. The next Derek Jeter, the first baseman, is going to be a first round pick, and he's going to the Yankees, and the Yankees are going to win the ten World Series with him.
1: Number th- number third three ranked team in the country right now the IU Hoosiers in baseball so I
5: would, hey, it don't surprise me because look I am not lost my faith in my Hoosiers we're gonna go make we're gonna still make it to the tournament we going to the, we ain't go NIT is not Indiana we're gonna shock everybody right, well, here's,
1: here's where it is truth you gotta you have to have at least a five hundred record in conference to make the tournament you're four I- and seven right now.
5: And guess what? We get ready to beat Purdue, so we're gonna be five to seven. We're gonna go on the win, and we're gonna win the Big Ten uh, the championship too. I'm gonna to let you know y'all what? know.
0: That's what I love about truth, because the man has infinite
5: confidence. amounts of confidence in and his you Hoosiers to turn hey, it around. You know, you know around. what gives me? You know what? You know what gives yeah. you know, like? I, you know what gives me hope? What gives you look, hope? Up, uh, look up. Look uh, up in the banners. We got five banners. Which is three last yeah. Hey, let me tell you. Uh, before i get ready to go. Guess where I'm going tomorrow? I'm am t- telling you, I'm gonna be. You're gonna be the first one heard. Are right? you baseball? No, I'm going to Evansville, and they're gonna knock Wichita State off tomorrow. At, here at the force Center, and mm-hmm. I'm going. To, I'm, I'll this be the first time I see Evansville play in about fifteen years, and I'm going just to see Evansville knock them off tomorrow.
1: The truth is confident that IU and Evansville are going to deliver just like Mrs. Truth did on Valentine's Day.
0: That's right.
5: Yeah. All right. I just, all right, y'all be y'all have a blessed Valentine. Y'all be safe out there. and Don't get frostbitten. Okay. My <laughs> right, truth. Thanks, man. But,
0: you do the same, buddy. I you know. know what, what, I, I, I love the truth. <laughs> that man is Captain truth. IU. Cap. <laughs> we need to get him a cape with the big IU on the back of it. I bet you he has one. He probably does. Right, what do you picture
1: the truth looks like? I, I picture him in like a turtleneck. <laughs> you know, the ribs the turtleneck with the like the sports coat on, maybe like some the, a little bit of an afro with the with the chops, drinking like Cavassier. Oh there you go. You know, I don't know. But I, I think uh, uh Shaft Redux. He did talk about yeah, that's right. Um he did talk a little bit about Wichita State and I want to bring it up real quick because we had one of the national powers drop last night. Arizona gets upset by and Arizona State double double overtime. overtime. And I just uh you know Really impressed by uh, the way Arizona State played them yesterday. I think Arizona was really, really good. That's a team I don't want Kentucky to have to face in the tournament for sure. I would
0: say Arizona is probably the odds-on favorite to win all. You put Arizona? Yeah. I
1: would say I don't. I like Syracuse a lot right now though, I, and that's the other thing. Tyler Ennis hitting the big shot for Syracuse to beat Pitt. I mean they they had a that was a huge uh, game. Of course, he's a Derby Classic guy too, and uh, I – they're looking pretty strong. Syracuse is looking really strong. Uh, Wichita State and Syracuse are the last two undefeated teams. Do you believe in what Wichita State is? I mean, do you, I mean, they did make it to the Final Four last year. They got most of those guys back. They're undefeated.
0: But are they a worthy number one seed? You know what? At this point, you almost have to give it to them.
1: Because
3: you
0: have to. You have to give it to them. They made it to the Final Four last year, and they're undefeated. Yeah, they're, they're number one seed. No, no matter what happens from here on out even well I don't know I don't, well, I'm not about to know about what happens but like even like say they make it to the conference championship and happen to lose the champ the conference championship game I still think they would be a number 1 seed because went to the final four last year you're undefeated this late in the season right now you should be a number 1 seed it's uh it'd be interesting to me if they lose one a regular season game which I
1: don't see happening but if they lose a regular season game and then lose in the conference tournament I think they probably drop but I uh, one loss, I still think they probably are a one seed as well. And the kind of funny thing is, is if they lose out. San Diego State might be the team that replaces them as a the number one seed. You know, what I mean, so you're going to have probably a mid major number one seed one way or the other. And uh, the the term is shaping up to be just extremely interesting because as a Kentucky fan, you're not going to, you know, you're obviously not going to be the same bracket as Florida. So as Florida's the one, Kentucky's not going to be the four or whatever. I really don't want to see Syracuse or Arizona. but Especially Syracuse. That other, I, I, I that think last Syracuse doesn't bother is really going to... Uh, oh, yeah, zone against this Kentucky team? Yeah. It, it, An active zone? Forget about it. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I, I would not think that that would bode well at
0: all for Kentucky. Especially with length that can match Kentucky's length. because That seems to give Kentucky a lot of problems when teams can match their length. But well, you know what, Kentucky... Well, it's the guard play that yeah. I'd be worried about. Well, Kentucky you never you. know because Kentucky plays to level the competition. So it's really hard to figure out like, which Kentucky team would decide to show up. But they still don't play well against the zone, and I, what,
1: any way you look at it. Now, right now, as far as the uh, – uh, when we look at bracketology, um, Kentucky is actually a three-seed and uh, would have to play the winner of Memphis and Southern Miss, where and it's in the same bracket where Villanova is the two-seed. I, I think a three-seed is really kind of the ceiling for Kentucky. I don't know if I can really – they sweep Florida, though. It's makes a lot of difference. It's gonna make a big difference. So I mean, yeah, I guess it's possible that they could work themselves up to a two seed. But uh, as a here, here are your one and two seeds right now. Syracuse is the one. Arizona is the one. Wichita State and Florida are the one seeds right now. The two seeds: Villanova, Michigan State, Duke, and Michigan. None of those teams, like I said, besides the two Syracuse and Arizona, really like. Scare me, scare me as a Kentucky fan. Like I, I, I can actually say, and even if I'm a Louisville, you know, looking at Louisville with potential draw, these two teams making a run of the Final Four as if out of a three, four, five seed, it's, it's possible. It's very possible. It's very possible. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt.
0: I mean, um, if if Kentucky can figure out guard play and stop playing to level the competition, will I think greatly determine. Where they go from here, I think and, the guard play has a huge part, and then
1: Willie colley Stein has to be consistent. So,
0: yeah. Another thing is, is, and I think the only thing that's going to hurt this Kentucky's team is, um, is once again that that lack of leadership. I think as 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 they get deeper into the tournament, you know, not having like a Lamb or a Miller that can come off the bench or even start and you know, kind of get you straightened out when things are kind of rocky. I think that's what's going to hurt the most. But like I said before, I do believe Calipari is slowly beginning to adjust his recruiting, so he can make sure that he has a couple of guys that will be in the system. You know, three to four years that maybe could fulfill that role. I think we'll really know
1: if that's true or not based off the the, the 2015 and 2016 classes. I think next year there's it was that way just because there's just really not a lot of one and dones next year anyway. In that class, a lot of guys are going to be really good college players. But uh, so you're going to have guys stick around this year that you didn't think. You'll have guys based off next year's class that are going to stick around. And the 2015 class is loaded. And so it's going to be interesting to me to see who he pulls out of that 2015 class, um, and which one of those guys stick around. A guy like Luke Kennard, which is getting a lot of play in the 2015 class. Probably is not a one and done. I mean, this kid's probably going to stick around for a couple years as well and be a pretty good college player. Um, so, even though he's a top, you know, fifteen, two thousand and fifteen 2015 uh, recruit, he could still be a guy that sticks around maybe for like three years. So, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there, but there's some guys at the top of that 2015 class that are just like obvious, one and done, crazy talented kids. All right, we are going to take a break again here on the weekend sports buzz. And then when we come back, uh we got a little segment and then in the next segment we're gonna get a visit from former University of Louisville football star, current Kentucky Extreme football star, Mario Eurita to talk about their home opener on Monday. So we will be right back on the weekend sports
0: butt.
1: And Welcome cause back, weekend sports buzz. Mike Andafo, no no Haven Harrington, Trap Call Quest. We're all to lose, to we're, we're all here. I love
0: this. I love that kind of music, man. I think I'm black inside.
1: You think I'm you know? Yeah, that's you, man. Thanks. I appreciate you, man.
0: I would agree. Thank
1: you. Uh, 14.50, the Sports Buzz is excited to be the official radio home of the IU Southeast Athletics. Join Matt Dennison for the weekly Grenadier Sports Report every Monday night at 7, live at Tucker's American Favorites on State Street in New Albany for interviews with the school's coaches and athletes, including the men's basketball team and head coach, Wiley Brown. 14.50 WXVW, who is proud to be your leader in local sports. And uh, speaking of local sports, like I said, the segment, we will have Mario Uribe on in i uh, excited to talk to Mario about the uh, Kentucky Extreme. I'm trying to get you guys on the winning track, get that first one of the season. We need a rocking Freedom Hall on Monday night.
0: That's right. 7 o'clock. Tickets start as low as $7. 7 bucks. 7 bucks. And but you know what? We
1: got two tickets to
0: give away. And let's just
1: keep it easy. You want the tickets? Next caller, come on in. Call in and you get the tickets. 384-1450, Oxmoor Ford, Lincoln Buzzline. Uh, all you got to say is that, you know, call in, say you want to go to the game, and we'll give you the tickets so we can make it real simple and uh, we'll figure out how to get them to you and know, all that kind of stuff. So call in 384-1450 if you want the tickets to see the Kentucky Extreme. We're going to talk a little football right now before because we had some big football news this week too. I mean, this is and this is something that's really interesting to me because I think it was strategic. I mean, I, I don't know how it's not strategic in some way. You know, Michael Sam, a linebacker from Missouri, coming out openly gay right before the NBA draft, right before the NBA draft combine. I mean, it's, it's interesting
0: timing. I'm sure the NFL doesn't like it. You know, the NFL tries to hide a lot of things. There was a big article, um, I believe in Bleach's report, about how um, was Entrell Roll, who was the Rhodes Scholar from Florida State, right? how he was, uh, quote-unquote, blacklisted or pushed out of the NFL. and It wasn't because he was a Rhodes Scholar that he was so smart and things of that nature, but mainly because he wants to be a neurosurgeon. And they were afraid that he would use the concussion issue and, against him? Uh, yeah yeah they, 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 he'll be an advocate for concussions and things of that nature. so a lot of people think that he was what well, he thinks, certainly that he was blacklisted from the the n f l for that very reason well and, but that that's the thing that so this is where this makes this an interesting deal to
1: me, because obviously this kid cannot be blacklisted because if he's blacklisted then the country, for the most part, goes up in arms that the NFL is bigoted and, and against gay people and all that other stuff for not including this kid. So where does this affect his draft stock? Because I could see it going either way. The, the thing that's interesting, I was you know, conversing with one of my friends yesterday at a coffee shop about this. is There's no real consensus on where this kid's going to get picked. Some people say as high as the second round, and some people say as low as the sixth round. But he's. does the NFL even kind of step in at some point and say, hey, you know, we got to have someone come up and pick this guy because if he doesn't, then it you know. And then it goes into the whole thing like is it going to be different when he gets on uh, into camp for the, the hazing and all that stuff that goes on, which does go on. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. It's part of the initiation process of the NFL. I don't think it's as extreme as it used to be. Hmm. But how is st- all that stuff taken, you know? Because now you've got this guy that's – it's almost about him doing this. He gets – the opposite of what he wanted to happen happens, where he gets treated differently because he came out. And I don't know that for sure, but I think that's definitely going to – because well, it's untreaded water,
0: that's probably what's going to end up happening. He gets treated differently because he is gay. You know, I, I, I will say there's a couple of, of unique factors with, with him coming out as being openly gay. Uh, one – There's no secret there's gay players in the NFL. Absolutely. And always have been gay players in the NFL. Um, That's number one. Number two, the only negative comments or perceived negative comments that really come out about him being gay is really not from players. But most of it's come from ownership. You know, guys, owners of the team's kind of leaking out, well, we're not sure how this is going to play in a locker room and things of that nature. Because the NFL is a very macho, I'm can to say? It is a very macho league. It's built on a lot of machismo. I mean, there's a couple of incidents where former University of Louisville Cardinal Kerry Rhodes um, has some insin- insinuations that he may be engaged. He vehemently denied being gay and a lot of people and there's a lot of articles you go to Dead Spin, Bleach Report, a lot of a lot of places have written it. they feel that he may have actually been blacklisted from the NFL because of being gay. So do you think that was part of Michael Sam's
1: um strategy was to go ahead and, and put it out there so that he can't be blacklisted.
0: Well not, not now he said that he was a, he was kind of worried because it may be leaked because a lot of guys in the media knew uh, so he kind of put out there first because he's afraid that you know, it may be leaked or things of that nature. But, you know, I'm not even sure if that was the case. I don't think a lot of guys in media really would have leaked the fact that he was gay. Because I think a lot of them, especially, you know, if you follow Missouri, and that's that's the team that you follow. You want to see and, Missouri players do well. Yeah, you want to see Missouri players do well. And if you think there could be any type of inkling that this may hurt his draft stock or may hurt his career, they're not going to say anything. They're not going to say anything at all. Like, there's a ton of, you know, players in the NFL right now that are gay. You know, if they come out or not, it's kind of up to them. But knowing the culture of the NFL, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. But you know, I, I think what personally, I, I think he wanted to come out to kind of be that that first guy to come out and say, you know, yes, I'm gay, but I can play football and ball. Okay, so I'm going to go back to this. W- why? Why do we need to come
1: out? I mean, you and I don't have to come out at with our you know, that if we're heterosexual or whatever else, you know, what happens at home kind of happens at home, you know, so what do you think the absolute importance of him coming out is?
0: Uh, the importance of coming out is that he's the first openly gay player to enter the, in the NFL draft and go to the NFL combine. He's he's the first. He's kind of breaking out of that barrier, make it easier for other guys to come out and say, you know, hey, I'm gay, but. I'm still going to play football, and I want to be a professional football player. Well, let's let's ask somebody who's been in an NFL locker room. We got let's a guy on the
1: on the line right now who's uh, who's been in an NFL locker room, Mario Ureta. Mario, how's it going?
6: I'm good. How are you guys doing? You want to weigh in on
1: this topic at all? About uh, I would rather
6: not. <laughs> huh? I, you, I would rather not. Okay,
1: that, that's fair. All right, we'll uh, go there. Mario takes the fifth. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. That's fine. Mario, uh, you are playing arena football this year with the Kentucky Extreme, and do you also have a, an ownership stake in the team?
6: You said owner. I'm sorry, you you were breaking up a little bit. Do you have a
1: little bit of an ownership stake in the team as well as the Kentucky Extreme? Yes, I do. So, how's it going so far?
6: Uh, so far, so good. You know, um, as far as the, the, the player portion, it uh, started off a little rough our first week at Marion. Um, but, uh, behind the scenes, you know, doing the management side of things, uh, it's going very great. You know, we've changed a lot to, uh, to make the team successful, and I'm
1: looking forward to it. Um, you're, you're, the league has actually gotten a lot of publicity, mainly because of, you know, Jarrett Lorenzen coming out and playing at the size he was playing at, and then he breaks his leg. Uh, but mm-hmm. still, it's good publicity for the league. You think that uh, you're going to start to see a whole lot more interest because of that kind of stuff being out in the national media?
6: uh i think that the instance definitely helped the uh, uh you know the c i f l but um in all in all you know once uh, e s p n start airing the a s l games um, i believe they're gonna have over hundred and fifty games that they're gonna be airing on e s p n uh one two and three um i think that'll definitely um do a big part as far as exposure for the the whole indoor football league um in general
0: great great now about the indoor football league why don't you give us a, an idea about what can we expect? Monday night, 7 o'clock at Freedom Hall, when the Kentucky Stream takes the field against the Chicago Blitz.
6: Well, I mean, you can expect um, you know, us to put our best foot forward. Uh, a lot of guys are excited, um, especially coming off, you know, like I said, the, the loss of uh, the previous week. I think a lot of guys have gotten grounded, and they're a lot more focused. Uh, you can see it in the locker room and in the guys' eyes. So um, just you, you see a lot of... Uh, um, fast-paced scoring, you know, and um, family fun, entertainment, excitement.
1: The, the game probably really suits you because, I mean, you're, you're a pretty big receiver. I mean, you got, you're tall, you've got great hands, you're athletic. Um, I mean, is, it, is this game just the arena game, does it really suit your uh, skill set?
6: Uh, um, well, I, I, I try to, um, you know, whatever I, I commit to, you know, I try to make sure it, uh, it fits my skill set, you know, in general, just so I, that I can, you know, succeed. But, um the, the indoor game, like you said in general, um it, it does fit me just being a big receiver because it's pretty much it's, all you have to do is catch the ball, you know, and it's a 50 yard field. So, I mean, scoring happens that much more, uh, often, you know, is what every receiver wants to do, you know, when they're playing football, I'll score score points, and celebrate. And it definitely puts you on that platform to do so and, and have fun while doing it.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, while we have you on the line here, Mario, why don't you tell us a little about some of the other players that are on the team that uh, that uh, we should be looking out for as fans?
6: Um, Definitely we have a, um, a couple of guys returning um, from the last year's season in which I did not participate, um, as well as guys, you know, those same guys that I played with um, at U of L once before, so we were all in the same locker room at one point. But, um, you know, you have your Sergio Spencer, your Richard Raglands, uh both guys, you know, coming from the University of Louisville. Uh, Maurice Grinner went to the University of Kentucky for all the wildcats out there. Um, we, had, uh, we have a, a few good guys, you know, and I would just encourage the, the fans to come out and, and check everybody out and kind of pick for themselves, you know, this being my team, the team that I'm playing for, you know, I think a lot of guys are uh, a guy that should be watched, you know, but uh, definitely have to prove it on the
1: field. You think Louisville is uh, the type of market that would be a good AFL market eventually?
6: Most definitely, most definitely. I think Louisville is the, the perfect city, um, you know, for the indoor market, uh, being that we don't have a professional football or basketball team, um, the University of Louisville, of course um you know is our professional team, but this will be uh just add another dimension, just like the Louisville fire Days you know we had uh, one of the top two um appearances or uh ratings you know as far as uh, participation fan participation in the league when the fire was around, so we just look forward to bringing that same atmosphere around and um giving the, the people of Louisville you know other form of entertainment
0: now one of the things that i'm re- really looking forward to this uh Monday night's game is seeing you in the six foot eight because you're like six six and, and really athletic. And I've seen you play basketball before, and there's he's no a, doubt.
1: I'm basketball player back in those Fern Creek days. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's, there's, there's no doubt right now that I believe if Mario still has some eligibility left, he could probably suit up right now and be a great power forward for U of L. No, no problem. But he's also joined by six foot eight, even taller Josh Chichester at the other receiver spot. So got the, the, the two twin towers. i actually going to say Mario is a better
1: basketball player than Chad uh,
6: I'd say don't start that, man. Don't, don't, <laughs> <ahead of yourself. laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of with Me and Chad, we've had this conversation, you know, multiple times, but uh, it's gotten to the point to where we'd rather team up and, you know, uh, challenge anybody else that, you know, feels that they could challenge us. I
0: don't know.
1: I two saying, on
6: two or whatever it half-time promotion. So, there you go. Yeah, just putting that out
0: there. <laughs> just putting it out. There. That's not fair, though, man. Two on two. You're, you're six foot six. you're six foot eight. I mean, I, you know hey, what?
6: Pick your pick,
1: pick your battles. Pick your battles. I don't know, Haven. I think we could take them.
0: Uh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty quick. I'm, I'm pretty quick.
1: Mark, did you ever? You're quick. Did you ever? You're uh, quick, but we're quicker. <laughs> did you ever consider playing college basketball?
6: I did, I did. Um, actually I came uh coming out of Fine Creek I had um a couple of small time offers for basketball. Um however, you know, of course with football I had uh, much bigger offers and uh better opportunities. Um coming into the University of Louisville, you know, I I mentioned it to Coach Petrino, you know, but um they were to the point to where they, they wanted to mold me as a football player and be the best football player that I could be, rather than, you know, splitting time with basketball, which I understood at the time
1: even though I wanted to play both at the time. Gotcha. So well, I really appreciate you coming on. I hope everybody uh, heads out to Freedom Hall. Monday night, game starts at 7 o'clock. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Chicago slaughters the team that's coming Chicago in. Chicago
0: Blitz. The Chicago Blitz.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I got that wrong. The Chicago Blitz coming in, and then uh, did they just recently change their name?
0: Yes. Yes, okay. they did.
1: All right, 50 Cent owner, is that right? Uh, he is no longer in the ownership group. Oh, right, there you go. So the Chicago Blitz coming into town, and it should be a, a great game. And uh, uh, we hope to see a lot of fans. I know I'll be out there. We hope that a lot of other people get out there. So,
0: yeah, they come on out there. You get to see Super Mario. Oh, and the best thing about the, the arena football is so at the end of the game, you get to get your autograph. So all the kids get to play on the field, you get to go out there. Mario will has has his black Sharpie ready. There you go.
1: Yeah, 30 minute autograph session and after then, every game. If so you want to, you can challenge him and Chichester to a game of 2 on 2. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> there you go. Put your beards in. All right, Mario. Thanks a lot for coming in. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. All right, bye. All right, we're we're uh, we're up against it. We're going to take our final break of the show. We'll be right back on the weekend sports buzz. to
5: show you where I come from. I'm I've had it up
0: My
2: Drums, please! You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor-Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at
1: 384-1450. All right, welcome back. Final segment, Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Ndopo, Haven Harrington. Wishing about the summertime. That is actually my favorite Will Smith song.
0: Really? Yeah. Here's a, okay, if that's your favorite Will Smith song, here's a hip-hop back for you, okay? The lyrics to that song. Were written by the greatest MC known to man, Rakim. Really? Yes, Rakim
1: wrote the lyrics to that song. I did not know that. 1450 The Sports Buzz brings you Western Kentucky Hilltopper Athletics presented by Thornton's. The action starts with the Topper Tip Off Show 30 minutes before the tip off of each game. Stop in your local Thornton's today for an endless variety of refreshingly cold fountain drinks featuring our chewable nugget ice for only 89 cents. 1450 The Sports Buzz is your Louisville and Southern Indian home for Hilltoppers Athletics. This week's games today, at uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers are at home against the South Alabama Jaguars. Game starts at eight. Pregame at seven thirty. They are setting themselves up right now to be in the conversation again for another tournament run. They're they're strongly in second place. Uh, Georgia State, led by Ryan Harrow, former Kentucky guard, is uh, kind of beating everybody in conference right now. So, uh, but anything can happen in that conference tournament. And this is, of course, Westerns last year in the Sunbelt before they go to Conference USA next year. So cheer on those Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Um, doesn't matter if you're a Cats card. Everybody can cheer for the Hilltoppers. That's right. All right, but speaking of those Cats, we got a big game tonight. Huge game tonight. Very big game. A two-point favorite for the
0: Kentucky Wildcats. Are you surprised that Kentucky's a two-point favorite tonight against the Florida Gators? Actually, I am. I mean, I know the games erupt, and Kentucky's pretty much – Unbeatable at Rupp. But yeah. I've only lost there twice. I know. They Only lost there twice. You know the refs are very kind to the at the, the cats at Rupp. Don't give me that stuff. That is <laughs> that is so bogus.
1: And I you know and that goes back to that Kentucky Louisville game and you Louisville fans all upset about the refs. Man, the Russ the refs in that game were equally as bad on both sides. Yeah, they were bad. And I don't want to uh, hear at all about that because I don't feel like I feel like Kentucky does not get that much of a home field advantage as far as the referees go in that, in that place. I'm not. I don't see it. I, now maybe that is blue colored glasses on. Yeah, Yes, a little blue tint going on. Man, there. but I don't. I do
0: not see it. I don't. I don't see it at all. But yeah. But but back to the original question. Yes, I am surprised that it's only that Kentucky is a two point favorite. I thought it would have been other way around. If Florida would have been a two point favorite only because Florida has played better basketball up until this point of the season. They look sharper. They looked a lot more impressive. I mean, I think a lot of people think that
1: that's their odds on favorite right now. I mean. Most people say they gave. If you had to pick three teams with national title, it's Syracuse, Arizona, and Florida. Easy, yeah, easy. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm I'm shocked. I mean, I I think that you're exactly right. That I would have saw the exact opposite mm. be where Florida would have been a two point favorite today. Uh, huge game though for Kentucky because what you know I mean if Kentucky wins this, uh, which I think there's a you know obviously with their favorite there's a pretty good chance. This could just be set them up to make that. It's the same kind of thing as the Louisville season, I guess. You know, this game. This is the
0: big win that they need.
1: This is, but then they go into a stretch where they got to play Ole Miss at Ole Miss. They already beat Ole Miss once, but at Ole Miss is a totally different thing. Where they got to play one of the best players in the conference. They've got to go. They get to avenge a loss, hopefully against LSU. They've got to play avenge a loss against Arkansas. They got a South Carolina game out of South Carolina that better not be a loss, and Alabama, same thing. And then they wrap up with Florida. They got this end of the year stretch where they've got, you know, one, two, three, four, five out of the next seven games, which could be quality wins. And um it it's it's huge for them to see where they're gonna end up seeding wise. Because it's gonna make the difference whether you're a three seed or if you are I don't know, six. Wouldn't it be
0: amazing if they could sweep Florida?
1: It would be incredible uh, because I think that this is, listen, this is not Al Horford and Joe Kim Noah and all that stuff, but this is a pretty freaking good Florida team. And they are pretty good at every position. Um, and adding a guy who's athletic and long like Chris Walker and then they already got a guy like Patrick Young, so they've got the the physical length and size inside to match up with Kentucky and athleticism. It's going to mean that for it's, Kentucky to it, do it... It comes down to that guard play. It's, well, it's going to come down to the guard play, but it also comes down to Randall and Dakari Johnson, Willie Cauley-Stein have got to show up against those guys, against Patrick Young and Chris Walker. And um, they've got to lock it down. I mean... I I think the rebounding stat on this game is going to be crucial. Now the other thing though is that I, Florida usually either shoots the crap out of the ball against Kentucky or they shoot crappy. So um, hopefully there's rebounds to be had because the rebounding battle to me is really where it's going to come down. And Randall Randall's got to deliver from the beginning, and then Randall's got to deliver in such a way though that's not it's not just all about him.
0: You know. Well, to me it'd be interesting to see which. Which wildcat shows up? Because for these past couple of games, it's you never know which wildcat is going to have a good game and which one's going to take a game off. So to me, it's going to be interesting to see which wildcat is going to show up and which which wildcat will will be there. Yeah, I mean, I, for this game, they all have to show up. This is one of those games that
1: you can't. Yeah, everybody's got to be there.
0: That they all have to show up. Like Dakari can't take a game off. Uh. Especially, you know, Willie Collins cannot take a game off. The Harrison Twins have what to show up. What do you going on with him, by the way? I have no idea. I mean, the, he started the season like really well, had a lot of energy. You know, it's it's kind of like, uh, Montrez for you avail had a, had a, had a lot of energy, a lot of a lot of gumption. Just playing really hard, and then like the middle of the season, he was kind of like, eh, you know, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with this basketball thing now uh, I'm gonna change my hair I'm gonna I don't I don't, I don't know you know it's, it's like you really can't put your finger on it. and Caleb Perry's come out several times telling you know, they' trying to tell this team you no, know, you guys have got to play every second of every game and it's still you know, it's like well we're 24 25 games in the season you know and they still haven't you no know, that that still hasn't sunk in that you have to play a full 20 or full 40 minutes you know, they'll play maybe 35 minutes on, on a good game. And the games they win, they're, they're doing about 35 minutes. Most of the games they're winning, it's like, the, yes, we know that we're more, more talented to have the teams we play. So, you know, we'll play, you know, like 30, you know, we'll, we'll we'll play a good 35 minutes. Or we'll play like the second half and we'll cruise the first half. We'll play the first half and cruise the second half. Now, the, you know, the good teams they play, like the Michigan State, North Carolinas. you know, they try to play like a full – Game, but they still haven't put that, that full game together yet. They haven't came with their brand. They haven't. You
1: know, their, their brand of basketball is like, hey, this is how we're going to play. Uh, this is against everybody. And that's the thing that every coach wants. A coach wants to see a team who's going to play the same way against Michigan State as they are against Auburn. And, you know, I'm sitting here, and I had to listen to the majority of the Auburn game on the radio. And I'm just frustrated to no end that, you know, they were at one point shooting like 25% from two-point range
0: against Auburn. Yeah. Horrible, yeah, it's like it's, it's like I said. It's like they're playing down to the competition. Well, it's or, no doubt
1: they're playing to the level of their competition. There's absolutely positively no doubt that that's and, and and
0: against good teams you can't do that because once you start playing against a good team they'll get you and you can't come back. We
1: got a special man coming in because their their show's next. I don't know if his mic on. is his mic on. Tyler Smith. To join us from the Kentucky heartbeat, are you all going to talk a little about Kentucky Florida on the heartbeat today? Uh, maybe just a little bit. Yeah. No, you
0: know. no, no. The big news is not about playing Florida. You see, you guys have completely missed the big news of the week. It's the three hundred and ten million dollar renovation.
3: Yeah, that'll be discussed a little bit as well. Of tonight. of Rupp
0: Arena, bring, trying to bring Rupp Arena up to the standards that, that that U of A has set with the Yum Center.
3: Not up to the standards, surpassed those standards. Um,
0: up to the standards.
3: Oh, I tell you Until what. Two
0: guys get a bourbon bar in your arena. It's up to the standards. <laughs> no, we're not. We don't need all that
1: stuff there. But the, the, I guess the cool thing for me looking at that is it's just not the Rupp Arena renovation. It's like a. Like a four city block, yeah, Deal. It, it's going to be
3: a complete like
1: district. downtown,
3: di a district renovation. That's exactly right.
1: And so that's uh, <laughs> that's really awesome for me to see because it's going to benefit not just University of Kentucky, mm-hmm. but just to the whole city of Lexington. Yeah. And uh, they're not going to uh, have to worry about it going bankrupt. Hopefully, either.
0: So uh, and it won't. And the best thing about it is I mean, this is, that's going to be you know that's going to bring life to the two square blocks of Lex of downtown Lexington, uh, of both streets.
3: Yeah. Which but, it's been – being living in Lexington, that area has been pretty dead for a while. And so it's going to be it's really It's downtown exciting. Lexington, man. I mean – Well, I'm actually – my degree is geography. So this kind of gets me excited, urban geography. So it's going to be something that's going to bring some – Urban geography. Uh, yeah, I know. How I got into this, that's a great question.
1: <laughs> that's a major?
3: That, it is, actually. That's a,
1: that's way. Wow. Lexington did just get rated as one of the <laughs> laziest teams in America, by the way, too. Yeah, are lazy cities, towns. Yeah. yeah,
3: which I don't get that at all either because we have so many bike lanes everywhere. There's bikers all over the place. I don't get that at all. I do, I do, man.
1: So yeah. we got we got a huge football renovation that's going to be done in 2015, and we look like at, in 2015, it's going to be matched with a really good football team, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then 2017, the rep renovations. I, I, I'm really excited about it. I just I think it's going to be phenomenal to see both those projects going on right now, and uh, I like the fact that we're renovating the former stadiums. Um
3: yeah.
0: I'm just happy you guys are getting Wi Fi and chair bags.
3: <laughs> that's so true. I mean, it's big. I mean that's,
0: that's like bring it to the twentieth century right there, buddy.
3: That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So
1: let's talk a little bit about this basketball game tonight because this basketball game does matter. It's it's important. Nah. Um what do you think? I mean I, what are you I, I came out I think I think how we can if Kentucky controls the boards, I think they've got a good chance tonight. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I think uh the boards is going to be a big area. Um I think the height is going to be something that's going to be key for the, for the Cats. But c- currently Kentucky's out-rebounding their opponents by 10.3 rebounds a game.
1: They're not playing a lot of teams <laughs> of this length and this athleticism down low.
3: Yeah, um, but Kentucky's offensive rebounding percentage is 43.2, and Florida's only thirty five or 37.5. So I think that's going to be a big indication because Kentucky put, get, scores a lot on putbacks. Then another thing to watch out for is how many free throws are we going to be shooting. We draw a lot of fouls. Florida doesn't really give up a lot of fouls. So is that is that going to play a big key? But
0: can you hit those free throws once you get them?
3: You know, they they actually are lately. Um, I know they struggled a little bit at Auburn, but since SEC play, Ar- Andrew Harrison shooting 84%, Aaron Harrison shooting 82%. Even Willie Cauley-Stein Yeah, it Willie went three for four the other night. So, I mean, they're, they're starting to hit their free throws. I don't think that's as big of a concern lately as people have let on. And, you know, we haven't
1: really seen Chris Walker, I guess, like uh, yeah. be the guy that he can be for Florida yet.
3: And I don't think you will because he's only been playing two games.
1: The guy though is like crazy talented. Oh,
3: he's super talented.
1: And you you basically got a guy who is as tall and as athletic as Willie. Yeah,
3: you know, he's six ten. Yeah,
1: and probably a little bit more polished as a basketball mm-hmm. player.
3: Yeah, that's probably true.
1: And, and then and then you couple that with the the Patrick Young. Uh, type player down there, too, who, you know, somehow is still at Florida because it seems like he's been there forever.
3: Him and Wilbican, it seemed like they were on the national title teams in 06 and 07.
1: And that really, when you get to Wilbican, so the matchups here, you know, with a guy like Prather, who's a leading scorer, mm-hmm. probably going to be a matchup with James Young. Yeah. Wilbican and Fraser at the guards mm-hmm. against the Twins. Yeah. Man, that's that's a tough matchup for the Twins. It is.
3: There, there's, there's no doubt about that, but I think you're going to see, I think, I think the Twins are going to be ready for it. I think they're tired of hearing that their draft stock's fallen, and I think they're going to come out uh, ready Past to tense. play.
0: Draft stock fail. <laughs> yeah, it
3: has. They're, they're, there's no doubt about that, and I'm, I'm sure they're tired of hearing that, and tonight's going to be a premier matchup for them to show off.
0: They have to have
1: the end of this little run. I mean, they, they probably got, well, I think there's. we said there's seven games left in the regular season. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the conference tournament, which hopefully they get three games in the conference mm-hmm. tournament. And then you got your title run, hopefully, you know maybe not all the way to the title, but you're looking at at maximum of 16 games left. You're somewhere probably between 12 and 16 games left to go in your in mm-hmm. this season. They've got to show up in those 12, the 16 games to have a ch- even a chance of leaving early.
3: Yeah. Do they win at Auburn if they did not play the way they did? I,
1: I don't disagree with that. I mean, they've been they've shown their flashes. Yeah. I mean, they've but, struggled this year, but it's just
0: flat. That's the problem. It's just. They've, flashes. They, have, they, have, they still have yet to put that that whole game together against Florida. They're going to have to put yeah. a whole game together. I mean, have they shown
1: enough for you? You know, knowing what their potential was out of high school, if you're an NBA general manager, have they've shown enough for you to give them a three year guarantee contract? I'm, when, when I'm uh, taking them. Well, see now. I'm both of them.
3: I'm taking Andrew. Absolutely. He's got a Darren Williams type game, and I, Darren Williams was at Illinois for what three years. Yeah. I think if you give Andrew Harrison three years here, you will see. He's shooting There's 44% big them, from three-point range.
0: Darren Williams playing the Derby Classic. That's the big difference. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, you know, to me, now, unfortunately, like, this is the NBA, and their GMs never make any sense at all. So, no, most likely the NBA will take them, sign them to a three-year contract. They'll be in the D League for maybe two years, and you actually may see him. Maybe make an NBA roster third year if they can make that turn.
3: Yeah, yep. I hope I hope they don't leave after this year. All right,
0: here's my prediction for tonight because we're wrapping up at the end of the show.
1: Kentucky's going to win by eight. Ooh. Rupp's going to be rocking. Yeah, Kentucky. that's true. And John Wall wins the dunk contest. Ooh. Perfect daily double for us. That would be. Well, that's huge. That's, that's huge. That's going to happen. All right, we will see you next week. Stay tuned for the Kentucky Heartbeat, guys, coming up next. We will see you next week here on the Weekend Sports Bus.